Welcome to this Talk at Home podcast. This podcast will feature the stories of 40 freelancers and people working from home during the coronavirus crisis. One conversation every day for 40 days. Okay, Alex, thank you very much for joining this call. How are you doing? Hi, hi, Carlos. Thanks for having me. Uh, cheers from Poland. You're in Mexico. That's really far. I think it's like over 10,000 kilometers. <laughs> Probably so. Yeah, we are a world apart right now, but um, an ocean apart. But it's, it's, yeah. fun to, uh, it's fun to talk to you. Um, it's great to finally, you know, like talk to you and meet you virtually because... We have never been uh, in touch before. We have followed each other. Well, I mean, I, uh, we are Facebook friends since I believe we probably crossed paths in a conference in Berlin some years ago. And uh, yeah, and I follow your, you know, your travels and your language learning uh, situation. Yeah, exactly. So I've been traveling around and uh, actually had a goal of visiting 100 countries. Oh, wow. And uh, I turned 34 five days ago, so we're recording it on April the 30th. I had my birthday five days ago on the 50th, 25th. Mm, and the goal uh, was, <laughs> thank you very much, the goal was actually to reach 100 countries by the birthday. So I'm in Poland right now, but I shouldn't have been here at all. I should have been in the Philippines. Oh, and this should have been my 100th country. So I had a ticket booked from Athens to uh, Sydney for the 30th of March, I guess. And uh, I, I was at 96 countries, so I should have done the, uh, the remaining four countries uh, by, by the birthday. But as you can see, oh, I'm in all of which means plans had to change and adjust. Exactly. Wow. So today would have been, you've been in, you would have been in your 100th country, like by yeah. now, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I had a ticket back for the 20th of May, I guess, from the Philippines. And then I had basically six weeks to explore Australia, New Zealand, Indonesia, and, and the Philippines. Yeah. Oh, man. So tell me, how was that situation? Like, how did you take the decision to go back? Like, What prompted you to, you know, to cancel things and uh, and be in Poland right now? Yeah, that was that was super easy. It was it was real mayhem. You know, those first two weeks of March when it exploded in Europe. I was in Poland. I was in Krakow. I was actually preparing for a for an Italian C1 exam because, as you might have seen from my Facebook page, I'm into languages and I had a goal. Another one of um, reaching C1 level in 10 languages and Italian was the next one. So um, I went, I came to Krakow um, late January. I was staying there, was supposed to stay until mid-March and prepare for the Italian exam and then go to Rome and pass or hopefully pass uh, an Italian exam and then fly over to Australia. But then when it all started, I just quickly realized that the flights were being canceled. So my flight from, yeah, my flight to Rome was canceled. And then the, uh, the exam was canceled itself. So I thought, mm, okay, maybe I should take that, that exam, you know, because Italy was, was in trouble. You know, it was the first country in Europe that had real problems with, uh, with the virus. Yeah. So those days I thought, okay, they canceled it in Italy. So maybe I could take that Italian exam elsewhere. 
So I started inquiring, maybe I should do it in Poland, in Germany, somewhere. But then it turned out the, like, the exam was uh, canceled or postponed worldwide. And then I realized I cannot fly to Australia because Singapore uh, closed its doors and I had a layover in Singapore and I realized I wouldn't be able to do that. So basically within 10 days, all of my plans, be it uh, language plans, like exam plans or travel plans, it all just went down. So I realized, yeah, like what can I do? I just need to uh, make a new plan, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I would like to get a little bit into this uh, traveling and language thing that you do, because uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of the listeners will be curious to know how come uh, you're taking, like you take language learning and traveling so seriously, right? Like a hundred countries and 10 languages. Can you just perhaps give a, a brief overview of how come you have these really crazy goals and how can you achieve 10 languages in 100 countries by 34, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 96, let's say 96, and I haven't taken my 96. Italian exam. Right, yes, that's so, true. Yeah, so it was just probably reading a lot of personal development blogs and such. Uh, I love I love languages, and uh, I wanted to do something exciting with languages um, for a very long time. So I think it was when I was 24, so basically 10 years ago when I thought, okay, if I want to do some exciting things in my life. I want to do something right that really, really excites me and it should be challenging, right? It should be a long-term mission. It shouldn't be something like something you can achieve in two months or something. That would be too boring. So I was thinking of a, you know, personal mission or something. And uh, I came up with that, with that thing of 10 languages. And uh, it was 10 years ago. Uh, basically things were very different there was no polyglot community or it was just only starting so the first thing I did was that I googled uh, speaking 10 languages just to see if there is anybody out there who does it and I found out that there are people you might know the names like Richard Simcott, Steve Kaufman, uh, Luca Lampriello, Benny Lewis so those, those, those people were already out there yeah. Uh, which made me uh, just a little bit maybe sad because I thought, okay, even if even if I one day get there, I wouldn't be the first one. But then on the other hand, I thought, okay, those people do it, which means it's even it's actually possible, right? So maybe I can learn from them, and actually. <laughs> and by that time, how many were you speaking already? Uh, so I studied translation interpreting in Ukraine because this is where I was born. My mother tongue is Russian and I learned Ukrainian. Then English and German were the languages I studied professionally. So these four languages were the ones that I was professional at. And then it was just a hobby, you know, I was trying to learn by myself, trying things out, uh, you know, Ukrainian post-socialist country, which had very few resources, very few really multilingual people. It didn't help. But then at 22, I got a scholarship to go and study in Germany and things changed, changed you know. When I came to Germany, um, Western Europe were speaking three, four languages is sort of normal for yeah. many. People go to a gymnasium, they have Spanish, everybody's fluent in English and then they, you know, could go for French. People in gymnasiums do Latin. So basically, it's a totally different world and at first, <laughs> 
I was like sad and thought, oh my God, those people, they're so cool. I will never get there. But then again, I was like, yeah, why not? I can, I can try, right? So you can always try. And uh, I got excited. And then as I told you at 24, I had that, that idea, that crazy thought of maybe one day. And I think I said until 20, 35, I think this was the vision that I want to get really fluent, you know, not to fake it, not to do it for others. It was a personal, let's call it a personal mission right to just see if I can if I can do it just for myself and then it changed my life uh, for the better <laughs> retrospectively I can say that I got really excited I had an office job um, at that point that I didn't like but I had some free time so all the time I had in the office I would wear headphones I would listen to audio courses and you know read blogs find stuff and YouTube uh, became bigger and all those things so it basically propelled me to where I am and the other thing was um, travels right yeah so it, it was a similar story uh, can come from Ukraine you come from Mexico so Mexico is not a really rich country I've been there I know how it is so basically Ukraine right now is the poorest country in Europe uh, so basically people in Ukraine did not could not travel until very recently because it's not European Union people have no money they need visas to go everywhere so basically travel is a dream and um, when I came to Germany I thought I want to see the world I really this is something that that really excites me this is you know I learned to read when I was three I guess and the first book I had was a, was a Atlas World Atlas you know that yeah. would look at those flags look at the maps and see those wow these people look so cool they have so 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 funny costumes in those pictures one day maybe i could yeah. i could see them and talk to them and then i suddenly re realized well i could i could make it happen you know um you need money and thought well okay i don't have money so I, either I work, then I maybe have some money, but then I stay in the office all the time. So what do I do? Right, so then I realized, okay, but maybe there is a way to earn money, find a way to earn money and not be stuck in the office from nine to five. Yeah. And um, yeah, so in the end I worked it out and started teaching languages online, you know, combining things I'm believe I'm good at things I'm passionate about which is languages and being able being location independent and uh, yeah that opened those doors to um, see in Europe at first uh, the first goal was uh, visit all European countries and uh, these are 50 and then I got there and when I was at 50 I had to decide do I stop here or if I continue the next number would be 100 and uh, yeah well, you you did that on time. You gotta you gotta say because it's kind of very. I, I find it very interesting right now how people are thinking about travel, and I like to ask this question about uh, to people that I know are big time travelers. How do they think? And in this case, how how do you think travel will change uh, after this? Because right now, basically, it's kind of like stopped, and uh, I'm pretty sure there are going to be many new measures right now, like they do it with security, but now with health, right? So what are your thoughts around traveling 
post COVID-19? I don't know. I'm pretty optimistic, honestly. I still have those four countries to visit. Uh, I want to I get there until 35, which means I have one more year to go. So I do hope that uh, by the end of the year, you know, people will start traveling again. And um, yeah, so basically the industries are down. They're in almost there are very few flights, but I think it will get back and people will be even more you know, passionate once it's back. Right. Uh, yeah, they will travel even more, will work even more, produce even more, try to, you know, regain, you know, what is what is lost. And I'm not sure this is good for the environment, which is another issue. But unfortunately, I think it will, it will just double. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are also thinking and hoping that, as you just mentioned, the, the environmental issues uh, right now, the world kind of say, I, I'm not really sure if that's actually the case, but what I can see in the news or some tweets, you know, and things like that, uh, pollution levels going down and like uh, in places where you couldn't see the sky, even here in Mexico City, some days we have really nice views now that uh, traffic has been reduced more than 60%. So um, I, I wonder if there will be some sort of, and I hope some sort of consciousness shift in terms of let's take care a little bit more of this environment because as you can see if we continue with uh, if we just double down on the way that things were um that probably won't lead to a very good a good place i don't know what, what do you think about that yeah yeah absolutely i think ego uh human ego is a big problem on all levels right uh, maybe i spent too much time in asia and got to know buddhism and such but yeah this is this is what they say that for interpersonal relations and for uh, world leaders, you know, leaders of big countries, it's all about production and consumption and everything. And I think it's unstoppable or it, it will be very hard to stop that because this is just natural for a human being to always crave for more, you know, it's never enough. It's never enough. So now everybody's suffering, sitting at home and luckily you're able probably to see some, some sky above your head and not smog. And the same thing is happening probably in India and China, but not, not, not for long. So it will all come back and people will want to produce more, earn more money. There's always that race, you know, race between the countries, China or the US or maybe the European Union. So uh, yeah. this, is just, this is just human nature. This is my take on it. And whether there is a chance to stop it somehow, you know, I'm not sure. Um, I'm into languages and travels and I'm into, you know, interpersonal yeah. communication. I think we're all, yeah, friends. I think the countries should cooperate, people should cooperate and speak to each other. You and me, we're into languages, so we know how amazing it is if you can talk to people that are far away from you, speak a different language, you can speak their language, you can understand each other. So you can understand that you're not rivals or enemies, that you can be, you know, partners and friends in a way. And then that sort of come down to the ego. There is no race. And then you sort of come down a bit and then you have maybe some mental capacity to think about, yeah, things like environment and nature and the planet. And yeah, I think we could all benefit from that. Yeah, that, that's a really good good point, Alex. I uh, just wanted to 
to pivot a little bit to, to the type of work you do. Um, I understand that you, you were doing this when you were doing this language mentoring thing uh, online already, right? So I guess the, the situation has only impacted on your travel plans, but not necessarily on the type of work you do, correct? Wow, absolutely. It, it actually changed for the better because the online education is booming big time. Uh, it is really crazy. I can tell you the truth. I could, um, you know, spend more time working because uh, when you are traveling, there is so much work you are willing to do because you want to see the world. You want to go out, spend some time outside, you know, uh, talking to people, getting to know the country. Uh, but uh, those two happens happened at the same time uh, that that I'm, I have more time in Poland. I have an Airbnb. Like, fortunately, I was able to stay here and uh, in a cute little studio, which is comfortable and has good internet, so I can work. But on the other hand, wow, the amount of people who want to learn languages. I'm teaching German online these days. It's only German that I'm teaching. So I have never had so much teaching work in my life. So I, it, it is just crazy. I think, yeah. well, some days I'm working nine hours a day. So I'm given nine classes a day and people keep coming and I know this is not realistic and I want to drastically reduce this number. So starting the 1st of May, I just really decided to, to say no. Because, yeah, so I think if there are, there are not so many people who are, you know, who can benefit from what is happening, but I think people in online education, uh, this is definitely, this is definitely big time for yeah. us. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I was just thinking that, yeah, like online education is going to be very, very big from now on. I don't know. I mean, you were saying that you were a little bit more optimistic in terms of things probably going back to a certain type of normal once we get some sort of vaccine or policies that allow us to to gather again. But, um, but I do think that uh, online education as well as other industries are going to look for, you know, like remote solutions. So people that are doing this type of work already are in a, in a privileged position right now because you were already doing this so you know the lay of the land right now. So uh, you're just getting much more work, right? So that's a very interesting thing that's, that's also happening to, to a lot of freelancers. I think it's great that we're in the 21st century where there are so many new opportunities to new ways, you know, of working or of learning, educating yourself. There are extroverts, there are introverts, there are people who thrive in classroom, classrooms, you know, But uh, while I'm more of an introvert type, so I feel good that I can work from home, um, I wouldn't be a fan of, you know, teaching or coaching like big groups of people. So for me, this is amazing. And I think it's great that we have those alternatives these days so everyone can find their space, their niche to do things, you know, that they're good at. Because I feel I'm really good at what I'm doing. Also, thanks to the fact that I can work from home and to have things work the way I want. So I only do individual classes. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and teaching. And this is just my way. This is the way I can deliver the best. And this is the way I teach best. And I think it's, well, the advantage of this situation is that some people who could be, you know, 
not so open to new opportunities of online education. Now they're forced, you know, to try out new things. And yeah. I'm sure there are many people who would like it, who would really discover those new ways that can be extremely beneficial because I do believe that if you teach online, it can be it can be even more efficient than, than the classroom environment. So I'm happy that now many people, both students and teachers, will discover those new ways of learning and teaching. And this can really bring some, you know, benefits to, to all of us. Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely true. So I'll make sure to, to add, maybe if you have some, you know, like online presence or website to, to this episode so that maybe we can send some other students your way. Sure. Uh, will be a pleasure. I'm extremely full, <laughs> but yeah, this is always an option. Thanks, thanks, yeah, I get it. Thank you very much, Alex. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, you, you've given us some some good pointers about this situation and about online education, which is all, always very important and a, an important subject to talk about. So thank you for your time and uh, take care. Yeah, it's been a great talking to you. Thanks for having me. All the best and stay healthy.